0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen into to today's message. I'd like to start the series today, and I, I want to tell you how this series was birthed in my heart. Uh, some time ago, when I was youth pastor in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, the pastor that I worked for, every time, it never failed, every time when he got into the pulpit, he got you hungry. The first comments that he would always make before he talked about the word of God, he would always talk about food. He'd always say, man, last night I went to the greatest barbecue place, man. The other day I went to the greatest Mexican food, man. And he'd talk about all the food that he had throughout the course of the week. And the time he got done talking about food, you want to get up and leave because you're hungry. And so I thought, man, you know what? He would talk about Pepsi, and my wife's a Pepsi lady, and he would talk about Pepsi and how he couldn't go without a Pepsi during the day. And and so in other words, he'll start talking about food. and Because he talked about food, it got you hungry. Well, I I picked this omelet series, and I want to explain the omelet series here in a moment. I'm calling this the omelet series. I don't know. Do we have that slide? I thought we had a slide for that that, to show you the omelet that I picked. I don't know. Did we get that out there, Tori, or not? But if (laughs) Huh? Technical difficulties. difficulties. We seem to have that. This morning we came and set these chairs up because they had another event. But anyways, I'm talking about the Omelette Series because the omelet, if you know, that you can add to the omelet. You can add different pieces, different things to the omelet. And so throughout this week, we're going to be talking about the omelet and how you can add to it. You can add to it. But this series, it's to help you go closer to God. And I want you to get this now. Helping you to go closer to God. This is the whole purpose of this series. Helping you to go closer to God, to trust in his word. Now, you got to get that. Trust in his word. I always say... Write this down. Wrong voices make wrong choices. So you got to listen to the right voice. you got to listen to the voice of the Lord. The Word of God is inspired God breathe. And so you need to listen to God's voice to make the right choice. You know, the world is full of voices. Voices have consequences, right? And so you got to listen to the right voice. And also, not only that, but also to show you and to point you to the truth because the truth will set you free. And how many know right now there is so much fake news going on right now? You don't know what is truth and what is not truth. And a lot of times what happens is because people sometimes don't research themselves and because they don't study themselves or maybe study up or, or, or read on the, what the event they're talking about, a lot of times we take what people are saying for the gospel. We take it for truth. And so my prayer through this, through this series is that, man, I inspire you, encourage you, and challenge you in the things of God. That's my whole purpose to challenge you, encourage you, and to inspire you into the things of God. And so if you have your notes, you can follow along with me today. The egg is the foundation of the omelet. How many of you know that's true? You could not have an omelet if you don't have the eggs, right? And I don't know about you, but when you go into a restaurant, they're asking you they'll have two different sizes of omelets. Do you want a two-egg omelet or do you want a three-egg omelet? And a lot of times they'll look at the weight and say, hey, I want a four-egg omelet. Give me the more. The more, the better, right? I mean, I sometimes think I live in Texas. Everything's big in Texas, right? Give me the big omelet, right? But you got to have and start with the foundation of the egg, right? There is one thing I know for sure. It is this. It's impossible, it's impossible in humanly form to unscramble an egg. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Man, you ladies who are cooks, what do you do? You put the egg in the, in the bowl, you take a fork and you do what? You whip it all up, right? Well, think about this. Take about unscrambling that which you just whipped up, right? You can't unscramble an egg. And in saying that, one of the things I want to say to you today is we're going to talk about the Word. There's one thing you cannot do. You cannot unscramble the Word. The Bible says you cannot add or subtract from the word of God unless you be rebuked. And so you cannot add or subtract from the word of God, and you cannot just take bits and pieces of the word of God. You have to take all of the word of God because that is God speaking, God breathing, and God moving in your life. And so I want to encourage you today, we're going to talk about the Word. If you have your Bibles, you can look in there on the screen, Matthew chapter 7. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 7. It's Jesus talking here. You've got to get this in your heart, get it in your spirit. He says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words... He's what? The Word of God. The Word of God is living, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Why does Jesus say a double-edged sword? If you ever notice a sword, a double-edged sword is single swords. What? You can only sway or swing the sword in one direction. Wherever the sharp edge is, that's the only direction that you can swing it. But a double-edged sword, and that's why God says when the enemy comes in like a flood, you can raise up a standard. Why? Because a double-edged sword, you don't have to just swing it in one direction. You can swing it in every direction. And God's word is a double-edged sword that can swing in every direction of your life. Whatever you're going through, whatever it's finances, whatever it's struggles in your life, hardships, healing, whatever it may be, you don't have to just always chop at it like an axe on the tree. You can sway it back and forth because God said, that's what my word is all about. It cuts away, it divides away those things in your life, and I cut them away so that you can become better for me. Amen? So listen, he says this. He said, these words of mine, he said, put them into practice. Put them into practice. I love what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. He says all these things. Verse 8, many of you can quote Philippians 4, verse 8. Think upon whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is holy, whatever is pleasing. How many can quote that verse of Scripture, right? I think we all know that verse of Scripture. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And Again, I say rejoice. That whole verse 4 through 8 is amazing. Man, present your request before God. Make known request. But then... In verse 9 of Philippians chapter 4, he says these words, put into practice that which you have heard. Why does Paul in Philippians say, think upon these things, whatever is just, whatever is pleasing, whatever is holy, whatever is pure, think upon these things. He says, in order for you to walk it out, you have to put it into practice. Faith without works is dead. The Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. In other words, God just wanted to go through one ear and out the other. He wants us to put it into practice, that which he's putting into our spirit or into our lives. We can be all the hearers of the word that we want, but if we don't walk it out, if we don't put it into practice, how are we really going to be the living example of Christ or the word of Christ in us? How are people going to know it or see it? Or feel it by us putting it into practice. So he says, watch this. I love this, how he, he says this. He says, put it into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. So in other words, God is saying, if you hear these words of mine or obtain the word of God in your life and put them into practice, he calls you a wise man. Wisdom, the Bible says, is like fine rubies. Wisdom, the Bible says in Psalms, and you read about the Solomon, he talks about wisdom is for great gain. So in other words, he says, listen, if you put into practice that which I speak and that which I give you, he calls you wise. And the reason why he calls you wise is because God says you're walking out that which I put in you. And when you walk it out, I'm going to prevent you from going down dead ends or having accidents in your life, but I'm going to bless you. But look at how he calls it wise. He says, who built his house on the rock. Now look at verse 25. I love this. The rain came down, the streams rose. Now, in other words, what God is saying, that's kind of like the storms of life. The storms that we go through in life. The pressures that you face on your job, the pressures maybe you face physically, the pressures you may face financially, the storms of life. The storms come down, the rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, right? What is the three pigs, the three little bears? I'm going to huff and puff and I'm going to blow your house down. What does the world, three little pigs, what does the world want to do? The world wants to come against you and bring you down and defeat you. And man, man, just make you give up and quit. But the enemy likes to do that. But God says, if you want to remain wise and build a right structure for your life, stay in the word. Now watch this. I love this. The winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation Was on the rock. Now you get that? It's foundation. How many of you know your house is only as good as your foundation? And our foundation as a believer in Christ has to be built on the rock, which is the Word of God. The word of God that is truth. The word of God is life. The word of God brings freedom. The word of God brings hope. The word of God brings direction. The word of God brings peace. Would not be that the great foundation that we should build on? I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because that's the ultimate foundation in which we should build our lives on. Can I ask you a question? You know the number one selling book, number one selling book, you can read this, is the Bible. The number one selling book is the Bible. But you know what the number one least read book is? The Bible. We can have a bunch of Bibles in our house, Man, I remember one time we were doing a Bible drive in Colorado. We were doing a Bible drive, and we were taking them on a missions trip with us. And we were doing a Bible drive, and this older lady came to the church, and she had 20-some Bibles. I think it was 26 exactly. 26 Bibles that she brought to the church. And I thought, man, you are spiritual. Hallelujah. But you know what? You can have all the Bibles you want, but if you don't crack the pages, you'll never know what your Bible says. And, you know, those Bibles, I mean, I love her, and she was a spiritual lady. Don't get me wrong. She very she was. But the point that came to my mind was, man, you can have all the Bibles in the world. But you know what? You can have them on the shelf, and they can collect dust. But if you don't pick it up and make it a part of your life, it will never become a part of you. Right? So, listen, I love this. And then he goes on to say, but anyone who hears these words, the Word of God, what does the Bible stand for? Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, right? Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, the Bible. He said, but anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, in other words, act them out, follow through, is like the foolish man. In other words, he's calling us foolish. Why? Why? who built his house on the sand. Now, look at how he describes this. Look at how he describes the foolish man. The wise man was one when the storms came, Michael. The house withstood the the streams, the wind, the rain. But what happens to the foolish man? He says, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. But look at the difference between the wise man and the foolish man. He says, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. How many have ever crashed before? John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how are you going to come to the Father if you, first of all, don't know Jesus? So how are you going to get to know Jesus? Jesus by reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's how you get to know who Jesus is. But if you don't pick up the word of God and devour it and make it part of your life, you're not going to know Jesus. And for that matter, you're not going to know the real life that God has for you. You're forfeiting the abundance that God has for you because this is your basic instruction before leaving earth. So he says, listen, due to a great crash, watch this, with the word of God, he said, I love this. Now, watch this. The, with the word of God, look at this is so cool. With the word of God, the world has tried to reject it. How many you know that's true? They try to reject it, neglect it, refuse it, and prove it wrong. How many of you know that the word of God has been dissected inside out, backwards, frontwards, everything in between, that the word of God has been dissected, right? They try to come against its validity. They try to come against its relevance. It's not relevant for today. They have tried to destroy the Word of God for over 2,000 years ago. But guess what? It's always stood the test of time. Amen? And it says this. Test it, but they cannot unscramble it. The Word of God is established forever. Somebody say amen to that. I love this. The word of God has stood the test of time, has been put on trial concerning its faith or trust or truth. It's been said it's not relevant for today's generation. People have tried to make it form to their own interpretations instead of God's way, but they all have failed. God's word is established forever and ever and ever and ever, and there is no period or amen. God is not moved. His word is established forever. But I love what it says in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is saying there again, he's using the the analogy of, once again, of the word. The word will not pass. He said, do you not, do not think that I have come to abolish the law. In other words, remove the law, get rid of the law, use part of the law, man, just, just use bits and pieces of the law. I don't come to abolish it or get rid of it, or the prophets. I have come to abolish the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now you got to get that. God's word is what? Yes, and amen. Right. And so what he says, I come to fulfill. The law and not to abolish the law, not to remove it, not to use just parts of it, and what you see what's happening right now in our society isn't what's happening right now where God is fulfilling the promises of his return. Any day now, God could be returning. We never know. We could all be singing the song, leaving on a jet plane, don't know when I'll be back again. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? Someday... We could be leaving on a jet plane. The question is, are you bags packed? Are you ready for when Jesus does come? Are you bags packed and say, God, I'm ready to go on the trip. Whatever that has and whatever you want to take me, God, I'm ready. And the only way that you can be ready is that you establish yourself and anchor yourself to the truth of God's word. Come on now, right? To the truth of God. Then he goes on to say, I love this. He says this. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, look at how God uses the description about his word and how his word is established forever. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So in other words, God is going to honor his word. How many have ever had somebody promise you they're going to do something and never done it? And they broke promises. And when they broke promises, what did it do? It brought hurt to you. Do you think God is going to break a promise? God says he cannot add to his word. And he, God says he's not a God who lies. God speaks the truth. And God is fulfilling each day the promises that what he says in his word. The great thing is we get to see it unfolding, that God is fulfilling the promises, not only for your life as individuals, but also the promises that are happening in our society right now, in our world. He says, I love this, in verse 19. He goes on to say, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teachings Others, accordingly, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, not following through or living out the word. Wow. Have you ever got a speeding ticket before? Man, I had a heart attack the other day. I I was going through Webster. I kid you not. In Webster, man, you got to go 30 miles an hour. Boy. I I, I kid you not. I don't know. I must have been on my phone or something. I'm just kidding. But I was going through there. I was going through there at 45 miles an hour. And, man, I was talking to my wife. I really was. I had her on speaker, though. Trust me, I did. Uh, And all of a sudden, I said, oh, no, I was talking to my brother. I said, man, I got to get off the phone because I think I'm getting pulled over. And the police officer turned his lights on. He was going this direction. I was going that direction. He turned around with his lights on. Thank goodness he went by me. (laughs) Whew. I was I was singing that the commercial commercial plop plop fizz fizz oh what a relief because man I'll, I'll tell you I thought I was going to be pulled over and rightfully so because I was speeding in a thirty mile an hour zone going forty five and I deserved the ticket if I would have got one thank you Jesus but the point is that God gives us the instructions. Or he gives us the word in order that we follow, not to restrict us. Now, I've got to get this in your heart. you got to get this because a lot of times when people read the word of God, they always read the do's and the don'ts of God's word. That's all a lot of times people see, that God is so restricted. God is so controlling that he wants only the do's and the don'ts. I can't do this and I can't do that. What God is doing, he's trying to prevent you from the do's and the don'ts so you don't get hurt. How many parents have to tell your kids, don't do that? If you mess with that, you're going to get burnt. If you do that, you're going to get hurt. That's the role of the father. He tries to prevent us from being hurt. And how he does that is through the word of God. And God said, listen, you got to follow my instructions. To follow my instructions, it's not to prohibit you or control you or reframe you and restrict you. And God, man, but like a lot of, a lot of the words in the young people, and please forgive me, young people, the, a lot of the millennials, and I'm not picking on millennials, God of the millennials. You don't know that one either, right? <laughs> but, but, but the millennials, their word is they're trying to control me. God doesn't control you. He wants, I got to get this. God doesn't try to control you. There's a difference. God doesn't control you. He wants to guide you. Guide you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. God doesn't ever control you. He gives you a free will to choose. He lays it out there. The smorgasbord is there. The banquet table is set. Whatever you take from that is your, it's your decision, it's your choice. God never twists your arm. He leads you and guides you. He will lead you, be quiet, quiet waters, be quiet, be quiet, still waters. That's what he does. He leads us. He doesn't control us. And that's the beautiful thing about God. He gives us a will to choose. He gives us a will to choose his word. And then he goes on. And so I love this. He says, heaven and earth, in verse 20. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, what is the Pharisees? Pharisees were basically hypocrites. They say one thing and they do another. They say this and they do that. They don't follow the order. They they don't follow out the law. They only do parts of it to make themselves look good. They pray a lot of of words. The Bible says you can pray a lot. Don't be like the, the Pharisees and babble a lot of words and do all these things. So, A Pharisee wasn't a good thing. And the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, that's pretty strong. That's not me saying that, thank you, Jesus, because right now you'd be throwing stones at me. The point is God's laying it out for us because he what? He has a plan for us, and he has a life for us. And that life is John 10.10. The devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So God's role for your life is not to prohibit you, restrain you, control you, but it's to bless you. Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you even ask, fathom, or even imagine. That's what God wants to do. I love this, Just not on your notes, but this is on my notes. The Word of God is the foundation of our faith. The Word of God is the compass that points us towards heaven. How I many know oh, that's true? I love this one. The Word of God makes visible the hidden things of God and the dark places of the devil. Do you get that? It makes visible the secret things of God and also the dark places of the of the devil. In other words, thy word have I hidden in thy heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a lamp to my, my path. In other words, that's what it does. It makes visible those things that are hidden in darkness, the snares that are hidden in darkness. Cheryl and I have been watching The Mountain Men. Have you ever seen that show on TV, The Mountain Men? The Alaska, the mountain men, you guys watch that? Michael, anybody else watch that? But you know what they do? They set up those traps. And, man, they disguise them. And Man, Tom is one of our favorite. the old man Tom. He's 81 years old, and he's one of the well-known trappers there. And they went out to trap some wolves the other day. And I'm mean going to tell you, they had to come in. They were going through all the steps. You can't walk right on the trap or on the trail. You have to walk behind it, and you have to come around. And then they bury this trap, and then they even take a sifter, a sifter of all things, and they sift the snow to cover over the trap to disguise it because the wolves are so smart that they'll smell it. And so what they do is they sift it out, and, they, man, they make it so nice, they can't even tell they were there, and wham, the wolves walk in it, and boom. There it is. There it is, right? But the key is this. Here's the key. That's what the enemy does for you. Get this. Do you know, you, 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 got, you and I are on the battlefield, that every day you're walking in a landmine. You're walking in a landmine that the enemy has placed booby traps in your life to make you follow up, to make you get trapped or snare or to hurt you and to make you fall. And how are we going to escape those traps or those booby traps or or those landmines in our lives? By walking in the light of God's word, revealing it. You see, I, I look at God's word as, man, my daily exercise. God, what is your word today? My brother, man, every morning, every morning, him and his wife, he's here today, every morning him and his wife get up in the morning and they read their Bible app. And on their Bible app, they got the word of the day. How I many you know what I'm talking about? You guys got that on your Bible, on your phones? And anyways, he, uh, he, he, every day, the Bible app that he gets, guess what? At 5.31 in the morning, my phone dings. Ding! It doesn't ding once, it dings twice. Ding, ding! Because he sends me this long text. And you know what? It is? I know that it's my brother sending me the word. And I'll tell you, I read that puppy every day. It never seems to fail that when he sends me that ding-ding, it always lines up to where I'm at. It meets me where I'm at. And so listen, our nation, our world, our country tried to abolish his word. But he has the final say, right? Jesus is the living word who does not go against his word but fulfills his word that is his DNA. I love what it says. And when you read the Bible, he said he came in John chapter one, he came in humanly flesh, and the world word became flesh. It talks about how Jesus walked around and came, became flesh. And so he gave us his word so you and I could be prepared for the landmines. Our government may try to close churches. If you notice what's happening in California, they're suing the government there. California, they're trying to close down and not open up the churches and all what's going on. There's a real scramble going on in California. My son, my daughter and son in law, man, in Illinois, what's happening there in Illinois? My son in Minnesota, they can only have 25% of the capacity of the crowd in their churches. Man, they're trying to shut down churches in a lot of different things. And it's just not COVID. We know that the enemy's trying to close the church because if he can close the church, he can shut down Christians. But I don't know about you. Shut down Christians. We'll become the underground church like in the book of Acts. Somebody say amen. amen. You can come against us. But I love what David says when David was faced with the Goliath man. How many how you know what I'm talking about? How many you know that when the enemy comes in and our government may be our Goliath right now and all what's going on in our society, but you know what? What did David say to Goliath? You come against me with sword and spear. Amen. Remember that? I love that story. You come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. And if God is for the church, who can be against it? Somebody say amen. Amen. So I love this. Our government may try to close churches, deny its truth, say it's not relevant, but God's word stands forever, and he will accomplish what he said he would do. Amen. In verse 18 of that, Matthew chapter 5, it talks about how Jesus talks about the word of being tested. He says, Heaven and earth will have passed away, but his word will prompt, his word will stand forever. You ever think about that? Heaven will never pass. Because that's our permanent home. It'll never pass. That's why God uses that illustration. Lucy, he uses the illustration of heaven because he knows that heaven's established forever. So if heaven's established forever, guess what's going to also be established forever? My word will not be moved. Right? It's our permanent home, our alternate destiny, the fulfillment of the promise, our eternal peace with God. Aren't you excited about that? Our eternal peace with God, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow, that we go to heaven and to be with Jesus face to face. Man, can you imagine that? I love that. Jesus makes that bold statement about heaven and earth to show us how determined he is fulfilling in his word. Isn't that cool? That's what God does. God's word will be fulfilled. His promise is completed and his return is inevitable somebody say amen, amen. Uh, now i love isaiah 55 and look at how god describes his word and what his word does look at this. i love this he says this in verse 10 as the rain and the snow come down from heaven right and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so in other words, that's the purpose. What we know is water and rain and snow. It waters the ground and makes the ground pliable. You, you know, farmers that you know, you plant hay and alfalfa. This, like I did when I was growing up as a kid. You plant alfalfa. You plant corn. You, you rely totally, totally so much on the, the sun, the soil, the rain. If you don't have that, you have a drought. Then you have dwarf corn and all these different elements take place in growing crops. So what God is showing, he's showing the analogy of what happens with the rain and the snow, that how it brings, flourish or helps bud the crops. So look at what he says about his word. He says this, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Now watch this. Did you get that depiction of how God is describing the word? Now Look at this. So is my word. My word, the Bible, my word, the basic instructions before leaving earth, my word, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. In other words, what God said he will do, he will do it. Now, you got to remember, God didn't say when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it, and all this, that, and the other thing. He said he's going to do it. And if you always had God figured out, what would be the sense of us trusting in God? We just know that God's coming to my house at 10 o'clock tonight, and I'm just going to be ready, and I'm going to live like the world before 10 o'clock. But at 10 o'clock, I'm going to put my best suit on and wait for my blessings. God said I work it out in my timing, my time, my place In my hour. God will work it out. You just stand on the word. On Christ the solid rock I stand. You stand on it. You believe that God, you're going to make it happen. I don't know when, where, or how, but God, i determined that your word will not return void. Somebody say amen. Now watch what he said. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Wow. Did you? Did you hear that? Achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I love when I read the promises of God. You know there's over 6,000 some promises in the word of God. Do you know how many stars faced to the east when Daniel prayed and opened up the heavens and he prayed towards the east? Exactly the amount of stars that are in the east that Daniel prayed for. Or pray to is exactly the same amount of stars or promises that are in God's Word. The promises. Here's one of the promises I am the God that healeth thee, I am the Lord your healer. Guess what? I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. That's a promise. I come to the garden alone where the deer in the hush of the singing, the peace. Every song that you sing, why do we have praise and worship? Because you're singing the word that's edifying God and bringing promise and restoration to your spirit. God says, listen, my word will not return void. I will fulfill that which I said I will do. I love this. I watch this. In verse 12, he says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst forth in song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. There's the instruments, will clap their hands. Instead, the thorn bush will grow, and the, uh, and the judifer, and the, instead of the briars the, uh, and the myrtle, will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Somebody say amen. How many need a miracle word right now in your life? How many just need a miracle word right now in your life? God can just deposit that into you. Like he says in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to deposit into your spirit, into your temple, into your life, that promise, that word, that seed. From every seed, that produces a tree. From the tree, it produces the fruit. What is the seed? The seed is the word of God that germinates and grows within you. And once it takes root in you, you become, man, what God wants you to be. You begin to flourish into that thing that God has for your life. Because God says, listen, you, you plant the seed. You plant the seed and God will make it grow. And every one of you today are also farmers, but not only are you a farmer, but every one of you today are a garden. And the garden that you are today is a seed of the word of God that God is planting in you to produce fruit in you, to produce love in you, to produce, uh, produce kindness in you. God says you are the garden that I want to plant my seed in you and my seed will accomplish that what is supposed to do in you, through you, and out of you. Somebody say amen. And that, I love that. And I love this. This to me is it's amazing. I gotta move quickly. God's word will not return void or empty. It will accomplish and do what it says it will do. No matter who wants to reject it, deny it, come against it, his word will never ever fail or fall short somebody say amen but i love what it says in isaiah 55 verse 12 what does it say you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace the reason we can have joy and peace is because his word is established forever even in these times i get that even in these times we are in his word is established God is not taken by surprise of what's going on in our world, and our society right now. He's not taken by surprise. He's not moved by what's happening. He doesn't waver in his word. His word is established. And no matter what comes against it, who wants to talk about it or deny it, God is established forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I love this. It will, it will remain Grounded in his, If you remain grounded in his word and in the truth of his word, you will escape the mess of this world and receive his best. Stay in there. I remember some time ago, this is when I was a kid, and Rick, my brother's here. We used to go to the park. It wasn't my park, even though it was called after my name, Johnson's Park. Hallelujah. had my own park when I was a kid. Praise the Lord. Never got any royalties from it, but I did have my own park. And Johnson's Park had a, a toboggan slide there, and they had this big toboggan slide and a big ramp and so on. But then once you got down the hill, guess what it did? They had a tow rope there, and all you had to do is stand on your toboggan, sit in your toboggan, but you had to hold on, just like they do at ski resorts now. You had to hang on to this 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 rope, and it would pull you back up the hill. And I loved it; it was great. But I gotta understand I was I was little, I was young, I wasn't very strong. But hanging on to that thing, man, made my hand start to throb and get tired, man, to a point that I wanted to let go many, many times. I wanted to just to let it go because my hand was throbbing, my, my muscles were tired, my hand, it was just aching. But when I got to the top, I was relieved and I felt jubilee because I made it. In your life, guys, listen. Listen, you have to have the mentality in your life. Man, I got to hold on to God's word. Even though it doesn't feel good right now, get this, even though I don't understand it right now, even though I don't see results right now, even though I don't see this taking place or that place taking place, I'm not letting go god i'm gonna hold on with everything within me because god heaven and earth shall pass away but god your word will never pass i don't understand god i'm tired i'm weary i'm ready to quit i'm ready to let go of the rope and go backwards but god i can't because your word is established forever it is yes and amen it is the truth and it's the way it's the life god give me strength help me get to the mountaintops you got to hang on. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't give up. Stay in there. Stay established with God. God will follow through with his word. You can take that to the bank. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11, he goes on to say, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name of above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and under earth and under earth. I'm going too fast now. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Christ is Lord, to the glory in the Father, through our Father. Amen. Now watch this. There may be those who think. There may be those who think they can remove, deny, or come against God. But their day is coming. I mean, that's true. His Word is our anchor of hope, peace, strength, and our destiny for our lives. Right? Amen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's you and I. That's you and I. God, give me a hunger. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul, God, pants for you. We do all these diets to maintain our bodies physically. But our main course of the meal is his word to maintain us spiritually. Reading his word, I'm moving quickly. You have this on your notes. Reading his word, ask three questions when you're reading his word. People always say to me, Pastor, I try to read God's word. And whenever I read God's word, Mr. Sandman comes along. Right? Your eyes get heavy. You want to put toothpicks in your eyes. And I hear this, not only Mr. Sandman, but Pastor, I don't understand it. Pastor, I'm not getting anything from it. Pastor, it's boring. It's not in my lingo. I don't get, get the these and the thous and this and that. So here's how you apply the word. Number one, if you're taking notes, well, you got the notes. Ask yourself three questions. Number one, what is it saying to me? Whenever you're reading the word of God, what is it saying to me? Don't sit there and point fingers at your spouse and say, what's it saying to him or her or my kids? You have to apply it to yourself. What is it saying to me? personally number two what what can how can i apply it to my life was it saying to me how can i apply it to my life how can i utilize this you see you can have a knife in your pocket man you know what but if you don't use the knife what good is it going to be you gotta be able to apply it to your life but i love the third part this is where the word comes to life how can i share it with others how can I share God's word with us? Whenever you start sharing God's word, guess what? It's exciting because you're seeing life coming back into other those that, man, are like the show, of the walking dead. You're bringing life to the walking dead. And, man, it's exciting to bring life when you start sharing. So, listen, here's God's diet plan. How do I do that? God's diet plan is this. and We're going to go through this real quick. And Pastor Andrew, come on. God's diet plan, number one, is this. What is the diet plan for God's life for your life, number one? You read God's Word. Read God's Word each day. Read His Word each day. I'm going to kid you. Listen, it doesn't matter if it's a chapter, a verse, more than that, whatever, but you got to have some petrol. If you don't have gas in your tank, you're not going anywhere. The gas or the fuel for you spiritually is God's Word. You have to devour God's Word into your life. Number two, man, meditate on God's Word. May the words of my mouth, Psalms 19, verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Meditate on God's word. Be the cow that chews the cud. Man, you got to chew the cud three times. Get all you can as you meditate on God's word. Meditate. What is it saying to me? How can I apply it to my life? Meditate on God's word. Another one is this. Build each day on the truth of God's word. Man, you have to be the balls of the umpire of allowing the truth and the, man, confusion in your life. Those things that you're hearing, those things that you're hearing, it's going through your ears. Does it line up to the truth of God's word? Does it line up to what God is saying in his word? If not, then discard it. Don't, get, don't keep on to it because what you feed is going to grow. What you starve is going to die. And so you got to let go of, man, meditate on these things. And then, man, call the truth as a lineup. Don't allow unwanted voices to bring confusion to his word. Man, don't allow. So many times we have so many voices that are going through our heads. Is it God's voice? My sheep heareth my voice, and they follow after me. And the last one is this. Hide his word in your heart so you don't sin against against God. Hide his word. God, hide. You know what's so cool about when you hide God's word in your heart? Here's what the Holy Spirit's role. The Holy Spirit's role is to bring to remembrance those things that you have hidden in your heart. That's the role of the agent of the Holy Spirit. So, man, if you hide God's word in your heart, you your face with opposition, guess what the Holy Spirit's going to do? He's going to put a finger on that address in your heart. Say, listen, thy word have I hidden in your heart. He'll bring it to the surface. He'll be like, man, milk or cream. It rises to the top. He'll always bring the cream, the best, to the top, the word of God in your life. Thy word have I hidden in thy heart. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.